Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host, Soyini Koch, and I'm delighted to have on today's show the Nolan Transportation Group. Their CEO, Kevin Nolan, and their GM of the Atlanta office, Luke Tauscher. Welcome, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, the Nolan Transportation Group is one of the fastest growing companies in the city of Atlanta, and they are in the freight brokerage business. And they're going to talk to us a little bit today about trends in logistics. Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about the trends that are happening in your industry area of expertise, freight brokerage logistics? that CEOs might be interested in. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's a fairly new business. Uh, trucking was deregulated in 1980. And so uh, it's, a, it's a business that's catching up over the next 36 years. It's a little bit behind banking and some of the other industries out there. So there's a lot of consolidation that's going on right now. Uh, technology is a huge thing in our industry because we are dealing with small trucking companies. So we're trying to get them to adapt and, and start using more technology. And the other thing that's really happening is we're starting to retain and get a lot of great talent coming out of school into the industry just because of what a hot industry logistics is becoming, specifically here in the Southeast. Tell us, back up and tell us a little bit about what freight brokerage is. Right. So, you know, like a plane, when it goes from Atlanta to Dallas, it's a great asset there in Delta, American United, whoever, they fill it back up with people to come back with to Atlanta. So what we do is when trucking companies, where they're based out of, they usually have a pretty good sales force, but where they go, they don't have customers. So what we do is we reposition that equipment so they get a load back. So basically, we're cheaper than a headhaul truck because we're repositioning a truck back, and their service is usually faster because people want to get home. So uh, that's what we do. We work with small trucking companies that are one power unit up to 150. I mean, we work with the big guys too, but they don't have a need for us as much as the small guys. And so what we do is, you know, we find out where they're going and match them up with customers. And then customers reach out to us about loads that, that they have. And, and we find the best route. And we also do it with rail equipment. We do it with truckload, LTL, and, and air. Mm. So is it kind of like maybe Uber, Ford, trucks. It is. It is. It, you know, it's maybe a little bit like a tender for trucks or a uh, or a uh, match, match.com because, uh, you know, but it's a very manual business in the sense that we have to track and trace these guys because, again, where they're going, they could get held up if they're going to a Home Depot and they can't empty the truck or, or they're they're running behind or anything. So sometimes we have to reposition uh very similar in the in the sense that it's a lot same day transactional that we find trucks but you know uber great uh great analogy but it's just a hot buzzword in our industry that yeah. everybody's using and you were there before uber too you must not like that i was like i was here before uber was hot right yeah i mean look uber what uber did which is different is uber created a whole new supply of drivers mm. right men and women in their Ford Focus or whatever could pick up people, no technology is going to just automatically get people to go out and buy 53-foot tractor trailers, <laughs> flatbeds, refrigerated trucks. So, you know, what we're doing is we're utilizing and finding the equipment that already exists. What Uber did, which was awesome, was they created a whole new supply. And uh, so it's a little different in, in that sense. 
Great. So let's back up and talk about the trends that you mentioned. So you mentioned consolidation, technology, and talent. And you mentioned that logistics is getting really hot, especially here in Atlanta. But if I told my mother that I was going to go into a trucking business, she would have looked at me like I was crazy. So why is is the transportation of the trucking business getting getting so sexy for talent right now? You know, I, I think that there's a few reasons. One is it's kind of the last, I, I see it as one of the last frontiers in industry that, that, that you can come in and make a splash immediately out of school. You know, we talk to our guys and girls during training and say, hey, you know, it's like you're about to be freshmen that have to play on the varsity team uh, because there is so much freight out there and these truckers do have a need to find loads. Um, but, you know, there's some really cool companies out there, NTG, one of them, Coyote, Command. NTG is your company. Yes. Okay. Yes. Nolan Transportation. <laughs> we shorten it just because it's a little long when, we, when we're working the phones and everything else. So NTG. We, we make, our, we make our, our culture and also our day-in and day-out work very rewarding to pay for a performance environment. It's a really, really fun place to work because it is so chaotic and everything is different. Every day is never the same because no loads are usually going to the same places, repeat over and over. But also for us, when we go on college campuses, People see the success that other people are having in the company, and they know people. So, you know, our our, our hires over fifty percent of them are referrals. So, you know, I think people just like it. I love it. When it got in my blood, I, I I tried to do some other things, but I went back to freight brokerage because it's such a such a fun, exciting environment. And Luke, tell tell us a little bit about why you think that that this business is a sexy business. You're you know, uh, one of um, Kevin's right hand men, so. Tell us a little bit about what you like about the business, being a young person. I mean, a lot, he, of, a lot of it is the culture, mm-hmm. uh, what he said. Um, I don't like using the word recession-proof because nothing is, but whatever happened yesterday is not going to happen today and it's not going to happen tomorrow. So mm-hmm. you can't get bored. I mean, this is one of those jobs that you come in, you can run 100 miles an hour going from 730 in the morning till 7 at night. Sometimes you'll go till 10 at night. You don't know what you're doing. There's an endless supply of customers for us. I mean, we can... If you can find a relate, find a way to relate to them, you can get the business. This is when you wake up in the morning, you don't know what you're getting into. You're not going to go sit in a cubicle and crush spreadsheets all day. You're working with a wide variety of people, a lot of different, uh, I mean, a lot of different personalities that you find a way to relate to. And uh, it, again, like he said, you get a lot of young people who get in this. They're aggressive, they're fun, they're energetic, and it just motivates everyone around them all day when you have if you walk into our office, for instance, it's not like anywhere else you walk into. You're not going to walk in and just be like, okay, like, who do I find? What's going on in here? It is loud. It is obnoxious. You picture a chaotic floor like when you watch it's, Wolf of Wall Street. Type <laughs> of well, I, we call it the redneck stock exchange, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a great analogy, yes. <laughs> because everyone's hooting and hollering. When you have a load and it's hot, you know some trucks that are out there that want to do it. And, you know, every load is a negotiation. Um, and our carriers that we use are great. You know, the small guy, the small carrier is what Moves America, Swift, J.B. Hunt, Werner Knight, all great companies, but their customers tie them up pretty hard. You know, they work with a lot of the big box retailers. So these small guys they work with, you know, they use us, but they also work with small to mid-sized shippers, and that's who moves trucks. And uh, what Luke said also is what's exciting about it is one minute you can be talking to the vice president of supply chain and logistics at a Fortune 500 company, and then two minutes later you're dispatching a truck. 
and a driver. And and you're you know you're just the the importance. But the great thing about our business is we treat that driver and that vice president of logistics the exact same because mm-hmm. we can't do it without either of them. You know we're in the middle, and so we need we need both. Great. So talent logistics is a great um, great market. Uh, for talent. And so some of our CEOs may be competing with you for people coming out of out of college. Tell us about technology, which is the one of the other trends that you mentioned. Right. So obviously, we do a lot of tracking and tracing. Our internal system that we use to monitor and, and to keep track of trucks and also to find out what lanes they want to go into. You know, the differentiator in this business and, and how you can really drive scale is by having good technology with good people. You know, they're tools, right? You know, there's never going to be because trucks want to run all across the country and they don't know where they're going to be in three days. So, you know, the, the system and the technology that allows you to track and trace, look at history, look at where they want to run and talk to them. Um, you know, there's two softwares that we use pretty heavily that are not our own. We do have our own internal, but there's there's one called Macro Point and one called Four Kites. And what that does is it allows us to get information through an app back and forth through the driver where we're not having to do check calls, bother him. You know, there's there's we want to keep the roads as, as safe as possible. So now, you know, when all trucks used to have thousands of dollars in GPS in their trucks to track, you know, Qualcomm, all these things, now for five bucks a load, or two bucks or three bucks or whatever it is, they can get tracking, tracing, give us information, take a picture of the bill of lading, send it to us, request, you know, fuel advances, anything else. A lot of it is happening back and forth through through these technologies. And uh, you know, that's gonna be the 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 game changer. And and I don't think anyone from an outside is going to be able to come in. I think that we're going to be the ones that are going to drive the changes in technology, the, the ones that are in the business day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Very, very exciting. And so one of the things I'm hearing is that the cost of technology in general is going down and that's affecting your industry as well. Yes. Great. It's helping us because, yeah. uh, you know, trucking companies are, you know, high, it takes a lot of capital to go out and buy a truck, you know, the insurance, the fuel, the driver wear and tear. So, you know, anything that we can do to drive down costs to get better technology, because that's what trucking companies look at. They say, hey, what is my rate of return going to be on this investment compared to buying another truck or getting another driver? And so, you know, that's what's exciting. Everything is becoming more and more cloud-based. You know, you go into brokerage offices now, they used to have giant server rooms. Yeah. Now everything is done. And, you know, I, I on my way in, I can track, you know, the loads and numbers and everything else from my phone. So, you know, it's changing a lot. When I started, we used to move our loads across the wall, booked, dispatched, picked up, everything else. And yeah. now, you know, the, if everything is done on the system. So a, a question for a CEO listening to the show might be, well, how do you stay ahead of technology? Because you don't necessarily want to run after every single new technology that's that's available to you. And yet, you still want to keep pace with the changes that are that are obviously going to be affecting your industry. How do you make that decision about what to invest in and when to invest in it and the timing of upgrading your technology? We listen to our team. So, you know, because we hire a lot of great guys and girls out of school, first job, they're users of technology better than anyone. 
right? They're all on Snapchat, Instagram, all this other stuff. And so if you have a big clunky system, you know, we, we get information from our brokers, salespeople, ops on ways to make it better. Now, I will tell you, because we do have our own technology, it's hard to stay. You know, we've got probably 300 initiatives that we want to get done. So there is a shortage of talent in hiring for IT development. And so we, we outsource some of that. And, you know, it's, it's but for the main reason, the, the way we make our decisions is our employees drive what they want to have as a tool to make them better. And again, anything that they can do to find a few more trucks in a day, over time, it'll it, it'll pay for itself. Mm-hmm. What about consolidation? So consolidation is hot in our industry. Um, again, because uh, it's a newer industry, really only about 35, 36 years old since deregulation. You know, some big players uh, have, have come into the market. Um, there's a company called XPO Logistics, which is uh, a guy named Brad Jacobs has really kind of changed the industry. You know, he... he he started doing roll-ups, and he's consolidated into a $6 billion company over four years. And so this is not the trucks being, or the trucking companies consolidating. This is the freight brokerage, break brokers being consolidated. Yes, ah. yes. And um, a lot of trucking companies now are trying to get freight brokerage arms just so they can service more customers because, again, they can only do as many loads as they have trucks. But if they have this brokerage arm, they can do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Echo, which is a publicly traded company. There's more and more publicly traded companies that are coming about. There's more and more private equity that's coming into the industry. Which must make you happy. It does. It does. But it but it also, you know, we don't have private equity right now. We are not publicly traded. So we fight with a butter knife compared to these highly <laughs> capitalized companies. And we're still trying to grow and hire um, but no, it's exciting because that is what's driving technology. That is what's driving more and more people because, you know, smart business, financial guys and girls coming out of school, they're reading about these companies and how they're, how they're growing. Hmm, great. Here's a couple of things that I heard in the background with regard to your company. So while you're in the freight brokerage business, it's really a sales organization that you've built. Yes. Correct. Yeah. You have a team of really amazing salespeople, which for the CEOs who are listening, you know, that must make their ears tingle. How did you, how have you gone about building that amazing sales organization? You know, we, we, we work. So our, our logo is a rhino, right? Everything about a rhino has to do with working the phones, right? It has a horn. You're always on the horn thick skin because you're going to get hung up on people are not going to want to work with you. But we're, you know, we're tenacious in the way that we go about sales, but we do it, you know, in a competitive but collegial way in the fact that we want to help people save money, give them access to equipment that they didn't have before. But the guys and girls that we hire, you know, we look for people that were well-rounded in school. They didn't have to be a straight A student, but if they were involved in a sport or fraternity, sorority, social stuff on campus, student union, anything that shows that they were well-rounded and able to work and also be social. We're probably the most social company in the world. You know, our our uh, company events pretty much sell out. You know, if we take buses to a game or do anything else like that, it's it's standing room only. 
because of the people that we hire. You know, we've got six full-time recruiters that are amazing. Mm. Um, they go to 35 campuses a year. And basically, you know, they know within the first phone call of is this person going to be able to work the phones and land freight or not and be able to deal with truckers. And so, you know, we kind of have what we're looking for in people. And, you know, Luke and his team, they interview hundreds of people to get to the to the people that they hire. But, you know, when we... Yeah, so Luke, what what is the key to finding that salesperson who's going to just burn up the phones? I mean, I, I certainly know in my experience and... The CEOs listening have gone through a lot of salespeople who have not performed. So. I actually like to simplify things. So if you come in, obviously the number one thing I look for is someone who I know can be aggressive. I mean, not afraid of anything. They're not timid. They'll ask the right questions. Somebody who looks in my face and is just immediately like, I can't even talk because they're just taking over the room. Um, <laughs> and the biggest thing in this industry isn't your one-time sell. If you're just making a bunch of one-time sales, you're not going to get anywhere. If I can have a conversation with you on a personal level, that's what's going to carry you somewhere. You've got to develop these sort of relationships with your customers, the ones that will last one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, however long you need, because you're not working with them strictly on business. I mean, I haven't done sales personally myself in three years, but there are still customers I worked with three years ago that I still talk to on a personal level. View them just like I do any of my friends. So when I sit down in front of an interview, if they can talk to me, and I don't feel like I'm sitting here actually doing an interview, to me, that's that's when you kind of get a leg up. Basically, you, as, like he was saying earlier, I've been in where I've talked to people, I've been in meetings where it's a little more intimidating. You're in a big high-rise boardroom with big CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and then you go out and you have a guy in a tank top and a scrapyard in the back who's just drenched in sweat. We have to be able to relate to all different types of people. So you know, if you are just very bland and you have one way to approach things, you're Again, you're going to kind of get stuck somewhere. So, mm -hmm. And you're, I imagine, you'll correct me, that you're also responsible for the daily motivation of, of the team, right? And keeping them moving and keeping them going. What does that look like every day? So I like to get in as early as I can. And first thing I do is I get music going pretty loud in the office. You, what kind? Tell us. <laughs> we go. We depends. go a little better. But it's not going to be. Uh, let's just say it's not smooth jazz. It's not classical. Music. I mean, no, we're going to get some... Uh, a lot of hip hop. We all we fired a manager because he was playing sports talk radio in the morning. He wouldn't change. All everyone, everyone was just. I mean, that's not the only reason. There was a lot of other <laughs> things, but you know, it it uh, you know it it you have to have energy. You have to keep it going and help people get out of their comfort zone because sales, you know, is very very daunting for new salespeople when they start. Right, but we role play like crazy. You know, we, we tell them how to fight objections, anything we can do to help them. Uh, because like Luke said, once they become a customer, you're in some pretty high stress situations with them. You know, you wouldn't think that a load of carpet is the world's going to explode if it doesn't get there. But I promise you, there's a lot of people that are waiting on it. You know, if it was specially rolled or anything else, and there's a crew and that guy that chose us, a broker, somebody with no trucks, if we don't do a good job, he could get fired. Right. Right. So it's a high stress thing. Now, yes, we're saving them money, but also, you know, sometimes these shipping managers, when they first think to work with us, hey, this is, we're taking a risk. And so we have to make sure that that's a, because a lot of freight in America is not well planned. Right. It, it just random, random, random. And so the high stress situation, 
you know, that's another thing that's in sales is, yes, it's good to be able to have a good relationship and have rapport with somebody, but you got to also be able to give them bad news mm-hmm. and, and give them bad news and give it to them, you know, in a way that is firm. But if you have that relationship with them, it's easier. It's a little bit easier, you know, if the truck's running behind or he's broke down or, you know, <clears throat> sometimes it's a very supply and demand market. Sometimes there's not any trucks around to get that load and it's got to be tomorrow. And so, you know, that's, that's, so the sales process for us, it's not just the initial phone call, it's the follow through, you know, making sure that you overkill them with communication. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to this hip hop music. So, <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying you get in and you you get everybody hyped up in the morning. What else? Yeah, Biggie, Uh, um, Tupac. A lot of times. I would think that that's a little old for your, like a little, the the 90s for your millennials. These are classics. We don't like the new stuff. Oh, okay. And neither do I. Don't understand it. Some of them do. Future's good. Okay. (laughs) Debatable. (laughs) So, I mean, we could do a lot of simple things. So if I get in, you can tell a lot of guys when they come in. Let's say they were up late. There was a sports game the night before. Maybe there was some sort of holiday, St. Patrick's Day. I don't know what it is. You know people are going to be struggling a little bit. So we might come with a little inner office competitions. Hey, whoever gets the most quotes out by noon, you get free lunch. You get tickets to a Braves game. You get night out of round of drinks and then bowling or something. We're working on now actually just to kind of keep things fresh. We're going to have a kind of a competition where everyone dresses like their favorite Olympic sport and comes in. The winner is going to get like $100, something like that. So it's just ways to keep things fresh, keep things fun. So they don't feel like they ever do come in. It's like, okay, it's, I mean, sales is a grind. I mean, we don't ever beat around the bush with that. We're going to tell people you are going to have great days and you're going to have days that are miserable. But so you have to find ways to keep it fresh. If they come in every day and they feel like, all right, well, I got to go pick up the phone and do the same thing I did yesterday. People will get bored. So you got to keep it fun. Like I said, it could be as simple as having music on. It could be as simple as just running a lap around the office, doing all sorts of crazy things. We'll get, uh, we had an arm hang yesterday. Yeah. What's that? Uh, so we have pull-up bars in the office. And uh, so um, they, one of the, Melanie, one of our national sales team, she, someone challenged her. She was saying that she could hang on the, the pole for two minutes straight. And uh, then another guy said he could do it for three minutes. So we were, we were like, all right, well, we got five, 10 minutes to do this tops. And they were literally holding on against each other to see who could hold the longest, right? And everyone was cheering, placing little side bets. So, you know, what Luke's saying is, 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 you know, pounding the phones and getting out of your comfort zone and calling and asking people for business is not a real comfortable thing to do. So we want to make everyone feel as comfortable as possible. And when they see everyone else working the phones and also having fun, but also pay for performance, right? You know, there's a lot of organizations that don't pay for everything that that salesperson brings in and and repeats over time. And so that's one thing. And that's why we've been able to retain a lot of good talent is, you know, we make sure that if somebody gets a new account and does a lot of business with them and then continues to grow, not only are we going to give them some operation support to help, we're also going to continue to pay them, you know, on that business for the life of, of working with them. Thank you. So for the first part of the show, here are the key takeaways that I heard. Consolidation is very, very big. It's driving the market. Talent, lots of uh, uh, movement into logistics because of the huge market for freight brokerage. And then technology. The cost of technology is is going down as uh, technology advances. Thank you very much for that. So shifting over to the second part of the show where we talk a little bit about 
a little bit more about the relationship between the two of you. You're really, really fast growing. Remember that picture from that golf tournament? <laughs> that was a long time ago. A long time ago, man. Great picture. Did you hire him right out of college, Kevin? We did. We did. He actually went to TCU, as you can tell from his height, basketball, basketball player. Um, I wasn't going to go there and stereotype him, but since you went there. <laughs> you might as well have. Everybody else does. <laughs> How tall are you? 6'11". Got it. 6'11". And so, uh, you know, obviously stood out in the interview process, not from a standpoint of just because he played basketball at TCU, but his follow-up. He really wanted the job, and he saw the energy, he saw the teamwork, he saw the way that everyone worked together. And uh, it's been an awesome ride seeing him seeing him grow up through the through the business. Mm. How long have you worked together? Five and a half years. Okay. Five and a half years. And Luke not only has been in Atlanta, he was also in our Dallas office. Started in Atlanta. Dallas was getting up and going, and Dallas is a growing office, and they're they're doing really well out there. Uh, Luke helped build that foundation. Got a nice pipeline into good students at TCU, North Texas, a lot of good schools around there that were that we're pulling people from. And Luke then came back. He was a broker. He's one of our top brokers, one of our top sales guys. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times top sales guys don't transition into great managers, but Luke really has. You know, he, he you can really see the way that he coaches and the way that he helps uh, his team and, and gets excited when they have wins. Hmm. Tell Kevin, what does the overall structure look like? How many, how many people, how many brokers do you have? How many managers do you have? How many offices do you have? Like, so give us a picture of what that looks like. Okay, so the headquarters is uh, in Roswell at the old mill. There's an old mill in Roswell. It's really cool. And uh, then we have our brokerage office and our uh, accounting. We, we grew out of the space at the mill. And so currently right now we're trying to, you know, real estate, when you're growing, real estate's always an issue, right? You're always... All of a sudden, you look up and you're full of space. You know, you got no, you got no room to put anybody, but you want to keep growing. And so then you got to move out somewhere and deal with the lease and everything. So it's you know, growing is is crazy from from that standpoint. Uh, but in Atlanta, so we're kind of spread out in Atlanta. Um, but in Atlanta, we've got our our largest brokerage office as well as our accounting is done there. But then we're in twelve other cities mm. and. Uh, you know, the reason why we're, we're, in, we're in great cities where, you know, people want to live. We're in Charleston, Nashville, Orlando, Chicago, Detroit, Grand Rapids, Dallas, Denver, Laredo, Texas. We just moved to Laredo to get down by the border because, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of freight that moves in and out of the that border down there. Where else? Did I leave anybody off? Charlotte? I think you got everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, and how many how many brokers do you have working for you? So on the brokerage side, we've got about three hundred and so brokers. But then, like corporate support operations, everything else, probably like another two. So around five hundred employees now. Wow! Wow! And I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, Luke and Kevin, that you're working with a lot of millennials, which is a very hot topic for CEOs right now. And there's a lot of talk about what it's like to work with millennials, and you seem to have done it very successfully. So I would love for both of you to weigh in, working with millennials, how you work with them successfully, how you may deal with some of the challenges of working with millennials, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, so they're pretty fun, you know, and, and they're, they're very smart, very witty, and understand 
how to communicate really well through technology, but also, you know, deep down, very social. So, you know, I, I think that for us, it's easy because we, you know, hire people that we like and want to be around. You know, one of the things we say is, is hey, would you want to go to dinner with that guy? If you didn't have like during the interview process, like, is that somebody you want to hang out with? And uh, again, I think that all generations, millennial X, Y, whatever it is, there are good people that are awesome. And then there are people that are kind of lazy. Right. <laughs> and you got to just kind of figure out a way to 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 sniff that out and, uh, you know, and make it fun. And, and you know, I think that we're probably the most ADD country in the world. Right. Because of all of our technology, you're on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, boom, 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 all this other stuff. And so you've got to make the jobs also multidimensional. It can't be a one track thing where a lot of people used to try to, you know, compartmentalize and, you know, separate everything. You know, everyone interacts with everybody at the company, but also their role has got to be more than single dimensional, right? Because they're so used to having so many things going on driving brothers and sisters here while they're doing homework and this and that or whatever. So give them, you know, so our salespeople don't just do sales, right? They're also operations, account managers. They have great team and our ops people are not just doing ops. They're giving leads and telling. So you just got to, you can't box in this generation because we don't, you know, they don't want to be boxed, you know, because they're so used to having access to so much. And, you know, so if you come in and, you know, like Luke talked about, there's a lot of jobs in banking that came out. You know, there's some spreadsheet wizards out there, right? Uh-huh. That used to sit and do spreadsheets. This generation, you're going to find less and less of that, mm. I think. Luke, you're a millennial, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and millennials have a reputation for being entitled and spoiled and not wanting to work and not having a great work ethic. Obviously, you've broken through that. You want to weigh in? I mean, personally, it was how I was raised. I mean, it has, like he said, it's made it easy for us working with a lot of millennials just based on how particular we are when we hire. Yes, there are times we have to sit some people down and be like, listen, success isn't going to come to you. You have to go make your own success. You can't sit back and just expect for yourself to gain business, to gain customers by just post it up and waiting on the phone ring. That's not going to happen. But what we do is, you know, we'll get some of these people who come in and you can tell they kind of expected, wow, they'll sit back and say, I didn't realize this was this difficult. Like sales is like, you really have to work. We like to put them next to our most successful people. We have a lot of very successful millennials in there and we'll sit, have them sit right next to them so they can see firsthand what it takes to get there. And they'll see like, oh, wow, like look at the money this person's making. Look at the success they're having. They're 24 years old. I can actually do that. So you got to show it to them. Yeah, we, we can't got- just like, sit them in a corner and say, hey, this is what you can do because they're never going to be able to see that. You actually have to show them firsthand how it's done, sit them next to people who have done that themselves so they they really understand. They're like, okay, this is the work that it takes to get there, but it is possible for me, however I am, 22, 23, 24 years old, to have a lot of success. Mm. So that's... um, The kings of Buckhead, right? Yeah. (laughs) You do have to be a therapist sometimes. I mean, you do a little more emotion sometimes than you want to, but... But at the end of the day, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way because those are the same people that come in. They come out of college and they want to make a name for themselves. So when you get those type of guys, I mean, that's what has continued to drive our business. Um, I think also you've got to identify 
what they're good at, right? They might have come in and nailed the interview in the sales for the sales job, but then they got in and they really like to help everybody, right? We'll put them, you know, in a more of an operations and support role that will help the business grow like crazy. And then those are the people that usually become great managers and team leaders and coaches because, you know, always the best player isn't always the best coach, right? And so, you know, you just got to also with millennials, they, they, you know, they might come in and they've been great at ops. We've, some of our best salespeople switched over. So if they, if they want to make a change, listen to them, you know, and they say, Hey, I don't, I don't think this is what I want to do, but I want to stay part of the company. Well, that says a lot because it's not hard for people to go out and get other jobs, right? So, but if they want to stay and they want to stay part of the team, you know, give them an opportunity to try to do something else as well. Mm. Kevin, you started the company. You're the charismatic leader that's obviously driving everything. And yet... It's not in- true. Not true. My te- <laughs> no, I mean... Okay. It's not... I mean, no, no. I mean, our, our team head-to-head is in the industry is as good as any, it's not, you know, I'm, you know, loud and boisterous and fun and whatever, but it is not me driving it. It is, it's the machine, you know, it is, it is, uh, it's our team, you know, and day in and day out we post our numbers and everyone, you know, gets excited about it. And so it's, it's definitely our management team. We've got guys, you know, talk about attracting talent. You know, we've been able to get people to come over from large investment firms like Blackstone, you know, we've been, yeah, we got two guys on our management team from Blackstone that that came over to be freight brokers. You know, that's, that's saying a lot about our Fritz, our, um, one of our leaders, right. You know, he came from wall street down to help, you know, get banking relationships. So, you know, it's not me who's driving it. It's our team. And, you know, that's one thing that I realized real fast and, you know, for other CEOs that are listening, like, you can't do it all on your own. And you also got to not be afraid to make changes. If somebody's not doing a good job or isn't in the right role, again, move them. So, uh, you know, again, I'm sorry to jump in when you said it was me that was driving it, but it's not, it's, it's our team. Well, the, that's the, that's exactly the point I was trying to get to. Cause a lot of CEOs struggle with that. How do I get past my own personality and transition and have the company really outgrow you? And uh, you just offered exactly how to, how to do that. A corollary to that is, what's your philosophy on developing culture? And more than just philosophy, how do you go about actually having your own values transferred into not just your first-line management, but making sure it filters all the way down to the, peop- the, the fi- 500th person, 500th person? Really just be yourself. You know, like you said, I think CEOs a lot of times worry about their image and the way that they appear in front of everybody uh, and maybe sometimes are afraid that if they make a mistake in work or out of work or anything else that it's going to doom them, right? So you got to kind of just have no fear when it comes to just being yourself. And, you know, your business, you know, a business is an entity, right? An entity is like a, in my mind, like a life form, right? So if the business is growing and you should not be the leader of it anymore or you want to lead it in a different way try it you're you you're the captain of the ship man go for it right what why not and if you do something great it's going to be awesome but if you do something bad you you, you tried you know and so in, in my mind you you just 
you can't be afraid as a CEO to be yourself. And then that will flow down through the company. And that'll make it so when people are reaching out and trying to add accounts or trying to get people to come work with you, they'll say, hey, that's my friend or that's that's who I know and that's who I work with rather than, you know, trying to be, you know, there's some good looking CEOs out there, right? They look perfect. They look everything else, but, you know, they're, they're probably not approachable to, you know, the people in their company. And and that's one thing that you've got to be is, is, is approachable. And Luke, what, how do you go about establishing yourself and developing your own identity within, you know, with somebody as powerful as, as Kevin? It makes it easy being that I have you know, been with these guys for a while. I know how they like things done. I mean, we have a very unique way as we were going through our culture earlier of doing things. You know, I know the objectives they have. I know how they, how they want us to go through our day-to-day processes. I know how they want us to hire. I know how they want us to basically act on a day-to-day basis. So, I mean, I also look for under, you know, in our office, we have some team leaders who also kind of act as many mini GMs with their own teams. And I'm not going to throw someone in there who has their own way of doing things and doesn't want to go about our way. Because if you throw someone in the middle of a line that has their own objective, it, the whole line fails. Me personally, being able to communicate with him, those guys you were saying that came over, Fritz and Harold and Daly, I mean, they listen to us. They listen because it... You know, they know they're not in our office every day. They see, like, hey, we've gotten a certain size. What do we need to help you guys grow? Um, they're constantly asking us, what do we, do we need anything else? Do we need more resources? For us, I know, like, when we moved out, we used to be actually sitting with those guys at the mill. So it was like, we could tell we were a little bit on edge sometimes. If the day was a little rough, you'd be looking over our shoulder. Like, oh, he's about that, that, was a, that was a big, <laughs> that was a big jump for us mm. as well, moving the guys that are on the floor, broker and freight, moving them away from the leadership team that's mm-hmm. dealing with the stress of, is the bank deal going to get done? Are we going to be able to hire this many people? If we had a bad day, seeing the stress on my face, whatever else, obviously, you know, us literally being on the floor, sitting with them, you know, having them move away. And now the Georgia office has its own identity, mm-hmm. right? So Luke is, you know, and also Chris. And I'm glad that's not just me. Sometimes I don't want people to see me when I'm losing my marbles. Right. I could crawl off into the corner and. It's intimidating. But it, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it was it was huge for us kind of getting down there and just helped us because uh, Chris, uh, who's you know, our regional GM, and he was like father figure to a lot of us. And he got this ingrained in, you know, he got ingrained in me, got ingrained in our office. So once we kind of separated ourselves and were able to just go about everything, we knew the overall approach that we were going to have every day, but just us feeling like, all right, this is our office. We're going to, we're going to make this happen. Um, being able to do that um, and knowing that we had their full trust over at corporate made it very easy. I mean, it wasn't, I hate uh, that word, by the way, what corporate, Oh, you do hate it. Don't you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> at the mill, the, the guys over at the mill. <laughs> yeah. But how do you, so let's say that this is interesting. Let's say that you've had a bad day. How do you, you know, recover. You know, the great thing about business is there's tomorrow, right? It doesn't stop. The calendar keeps rolling, right? It's not like when you cut your grass, like it's done, right? No, you know, it keeps going and you always have another day and you can always get more. And so we uh, quickly brush it off and then, and then go to battle the next day. 
I haven't done it in a while, but we try to exercise, blow off steam, go play basketball. We usually get a group of uh, play golf on the weekend. Anything you can do to kind of try to get your mind off of work. But even if you're together, you know, still going through that. And, 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 and remember how that feels, right? Like when we have a bad day, it stinks, man. It, it, it kills you. And uh, mm. so yeah. just remember how that feels. And if everyone's tied, you know, to the performance of the company, you know, and they know that if the company's doing well, they're going to do well as well. You know, it just, it, it, it bleeds down again, like you're talking about that culture. And, and we're very transparent on what was a good day and what was a bad day for the company. And so uh, stressful for everybody at times, <laughs> the ship keeps yeah. moving. I tell everyone that comes in our office, a big way to separate yourself is how you move on past a bad day, because it's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be a lot of bad days. Um, mm -hmm. So personally, I know if I come in and get my day started and I dwell on what happened yesterday, maybe it was a rough day and I'm sitting there and I'm sulking about it. And I'm still upset about it. Everyone else is going to follow suit. Everyone else is going to be tense. Everyone else is going to be uptight. So I have to come in and move on myself. If I do that, everyone else follows suit after that. That's also one, a good day for us to have some of these competitions. We say, try to lighten things up and everyone realize, yes, yesterday sucked, but now it's time to move on and we're going to make today better. So, you know, and that has to go from and they do it the same way as well i mean it's it goes from the top down and if i look up and i can tell him yeah we had a bad day yesterday and i can i can tell he's just mad and he's still angry about it man i might be a little upset but he also pushes that down and say yes yesterday was rough but today's completely due. we got a lot of opportunities on the board we got this coming up that coming up let's make this happen and, and, and while you're growing and you hire new people and you've been doing your business you obviously know it well say okay, it's about to be produce season and it's going to be really hard and we're going to have bad, bad days, right? So I think every business has some kind of seasonality where they mm -hmm. know there's ups and downs. And um, For listeners, why is produce bad? I would well, think that you got more, more we get We get a lot more opportunities, but it's a much harder time to find trucks because when produce starts popping out of the ground, you know, it's got to move. It's got a short, you know, shelf life farmers and uh and big box retailers that are buying a lot of uh produce they'll pay more to get that move so the truckers flood down to that market so the load that you have going for your the carpet isn't gonna get moved that day it's gonna get moved but it's gonna get moved for a lot more money you're gonna eat you're gonna get your butt kicked mm -hmm. <laughs> you're right instead of having a load where you you know created some dollars for the company you're now going in the neck but it's okay and you got to you just got to say, hey, that's three months out of the year. The other nine are going to be awesome, right? But just right now, it's going to stink. And so I would tell you that that time of year for us is the most stressful in the business. Um, you know, and uh, everyone's got to take their week vacation when, when, when they get too stressed, right? And so, you know, we just, I think for what I'm saying here is, is, is one thing that, that we try to do well is, is, informing people, letting them know so they don't get hit, you know, in the face and say, oh, my God, today is just awful. Got it. Got it. Well, thank you so much. I, You know, I heard a lot about culture and making sure that uh, your your team is really motivated. Play hip hop for selling. I love that. Thank you very much, gentlemen. So what would you like to share with CEO listeners that uh, you think would be great in terms of new and upcoming things for NTG? What's happening in your business that you want listeners to know about? Any new offices opening, new service lines, anything like that? We're constantly offering new service lines. You know, we, we were 
predominantly a truckload broker. Now we're doing a lot of drayage, which is moving uh, freight in and out of the ports. Uh, we've built mm-hmm. a network for that. Uh, we've gotten into LTL where we've gotten great uh, rates from some of the largest LTL carriers. Intermodal is something which is rail that we're exploring into. But, you know, for right now, we'll know when it's time to open up another office. So right, right now we don't have plans to open another office. We want to make our Current offices, mega offices, keep promoting from within there. Um, a lot of people, like I said, we're in, we're in cities where people want to live. So we've had opportunities and people are like, man, I love this town. I love my job. I'm doing pretty well. I want to stay. We're like, okay, stay. You know, that's great. So you know, we think we can grow our offices into what we're going to call mega offices where we can have more and more guys and girls, you know, come up that will uh, that'll be team leaders and, and really help. Awesome. Great. And if anyone listening wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? They can um, email me. It's kevin at rhinofamily.com. And they can check us out on our website, uh, ntgfreight.com. And uh, give us a call. We'd love to move some loads with you. And if you're a carrier, we'd love to help you find some, some backhauls. Great. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to CEO Exclusive today. I am your host, Soyini Koch, and we were talking with Kevin Nolan and Luke Tauscher. She nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) From Nolan Transportation Group, talking a little bit about freight brokerage, trends and logistics, and how to build a great team and sales organization. Thank you so much. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at AnonaEnterprises.com.